from RelayFM, this is Connected, episode 489. Today's show is brought to you by Fitbot and ExpressVPN. I'm one of your co-hosts, Federico Vitici, and it's my pleasure to introduce to the show Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Federico. How are you? How are you? Well, oh. I'm good. Jinx. Jinx. I'm good. How are you? You also good? <laughs> so, good. A little under the weather, but good. Uh, mm. And we're joined by that voice you heard, Mr. Mike Curley. Hello. Jinx is the worst thing to do on a podcast. It's I true. know, right? And right? now that we have an editor, I have to make a note <laughs> to leave it in. It's not crosstalk. It's funny. Yes. Yeah. Well, Jim knows that. Jim uh, knows yeah. that funny crosstalk can exist. Yeah, definitely. You know? Uh, definitely. Okay. So we're here. It is, we're recording this on Friday. Just be warned. It's, kind of, it's already yeah. been weird. I should also have a disclaimer up front, given that this is a weird episode because it's recorded on Friday. I'm also wearing my Vision Pro right now, and yep. I'm using the virtual Mac display mode. Um, it's a weird experience that I'm that I'm experiencing right now. Uh, Why? So, well, uh, for example, I mean, besides the fact that I have a bunch of windows around me, um, there's also the fact that I made the Mac display giant. Um, mm. And I pushed, it's almost like I pushed it into the wall in front of me. So my sense of depth right now is all kinds of screwed up. Um, and it's almost like my brain cannot process that. Okay. It's almost like my wall is now a tunnel and the display is into the wall. It's weird. Mm. Uh, but I'm, I'm choosing to go with it because I'm embracing the weirdness of, of, of this moment. Having heard the way that you like designed and decorated your office, the idea of embedding a large monitor into the wall seems like something that you would have enjoyed. So yes, I'm, yeah. I'm all for it. I was getting ready to ask how long until you you change up your office so you have more Z axis behind your desk. <laughs> so I literally had this conversation with Sylvia no! yesterday. <laughs> Environments exist. <laughs> you don't need to make the room bigger. Well, they don't. No, 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 they don't no, for him. No, no, no. He's been having trouble. No, no, yeah, we'll no, get to that. We'll no, get to that well, later. We'll get to that. No, I don't want to make the room bigger. I was just saying, hey, now that I have this vision problem, I'm kind of wondering, do I need this giant desk and the studio display on my wall if I can actually make my quote unquote <laughs> virtual desk much bigger and have a much bigger display? Like, do I need this? table here i probably don't i just need space for a keyboard and a microphone and uh, i i don't even need the studio display anymore i mean this is doable besides the sense of depth that i just mentioned and maybe there's a way that I, there's a way to get used to this but like i don't need all of this stuff anymore i mean this is nice anyway that's my disclaimer i, I really would like to recommend slash insist that you do not make any changes mm, for now right now yeah, just give it a little two. bit more time. Yeah, give it a just <laughs> yeah, a just yeah. a tiny, tiny bit more I'll time wait. before I'll you wait. like rip the studio display off your wall Look, throughout the window. I resisted the temptation of decapitating my MacBook Air, so yes. I I have some resistance left in me for these kinds of temptations. Good. Yeah, Good. yeah. So some. that's the disclaimer up front. Now we can do follow up. Some. Well, yes, Mike. Mike, do you have some. any disclaimers? <laughs> Um, I went to the gym today before oh. we recorded. Are you sweaty right now? No, like my body hurts. But okay. my, my point is I don't usually record podcasts on Friday for that reason. Right. So I don't know what my energy output is going to be like over the course of today's episode. Do you feel like you want to lie down? 
for a little bit. I actually do kind of feel like uh, I want to lie too down. Too bad okay, I'm not reading can... any flexi rules this week, or you could. You can, I know. You can, can lie down. With a, we can do follow-up. <laughs> I've had a very busy couple of days and like with weird sleeping times, which is why we are recording on a different day today, because I met three-time Formula One uh, world champion Max Verstappen. I'm having a really good February, by the way. You really are. Just say that. Like in two weeks, I shook hands with Tim Cook and Max Verstappen. This is like, it's all kind of coming up, Mike, over here. Like all right, in, all right. in, in now, this year of our Lord. Now you know I gotta ask, who has yeah. the better handshake? Max Verstappen. <sighs> I mean, look, Tim Cook, right? Tim Cook is a is a is a strong guy. Max yeah. Verstappen is like a world class all time athlete. Like that just inherently good handshake although i would say while max had a good my handshake with tim was better like with max i had one of those kind of like i didn't fully get to commit to the handshake and he only got right. like half of my hand you know uh, not okay good. Not but he's got good. he's got those hands you know grabbing the steering wheel he you didn't know? he can yeah. it doesn't matter to him you know <laughs> he can yeah. take one finger and it's, it's like, the best handshake it's like i've what? ever had <laughs> Uh, okay, so that that's been established. Uh, Max Verstappen has a better handshake than Tim Cook. Mm -hmm. um, that's your disclaimer. Uh, so now yep. we can do follow up. We sure can. Follow up. Mustachery wrote in. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> Thank. Yeah, no, my, <laughs> I don't sound good. Mustachery wrote in. Does Federico still use the Xreal Air Two Pros? I oh. bought it after hearing him <laughs> rave about it. <laughs> And was really pleased with it myself as something I could afford yeah. uh, more easily than the Vision uh, Pro. And they go on to say how okay. the uh, Ultras were inter introduced the day after. And anyways, what's going on, Federico? No, no, I'm sorry, Mustachery, but I'm not using them anymore. I'm, I'm just Friendship ended with X-Real. Friendship mm -hmm. ended with X-Real. I know that they released uh, uh, updates to the to the X-Real Air line. They have the Air, Air 2 Ultra. Um but but I didn't check him out. I was just uh, this, that was a good exercise for the Vision Pro to sort of put myself in a mindset of like what what is it like to have a virtual display in front of you and get work done in that display. But now I'm just using the Vision Pro because it's such a much better experience and it's wireless in the sense that I don't need to have a USB cable going into my MacBook Air or my iPad Pro. I can just you know stream uh, macOS. To, to my Vision Pro. So no, I'm, uh, they are in a drawer somewhere and I'll put them up for sale at some point in the near future. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Who couldn't see that coming, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I, but, but I think I said... I know it I'm was just, part of the point. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just doing this as, a, as yeah. an exercise to get yeah. ready for the... Real I feel like you were yeah. pretty clear about that at the time, right? It was like... And I, I want to kind of get ready, and and I think it helped inform some stuff for you. Yeah, so. I think it did. I think it did. It was a it was an interesting exercise. Uh, Mitch wrote in to say because we referenced this last time that uh, Federico had some photos of Tim Cook, but we didn't put any uh, of these images in the show notes. So uh, I put some links in the show notes. One is to the article that Federico wrote about the March 9, 2015 event, which was Federico's first Apple event that he went to, which includes one of my favorite photos of all time, which is just Tim and Federico like in silhouette, yeah. um, which was that's, that was taken by Apple, that photo. Right? Yes, yes. So that is a fantastic photo. And then there's also a selfie on what looks like a 
1930s film camera now, <laughs> yes. which, which which is posted to Twitter, which I've also included uh, in the yeah, show. Notes. That would have been like a iPhone six, I guess. It was our uh, uh, yeah, the six because it was March 2015, so it was the six. Uh, I was not a member of the Plus Club yet. Uh, so right. that was the six, and it was a selfie with an iPhone six in a dark room. Right after, like five minutes after, the Apple event wrapped up, and the press was already in the hands-on area. So that's when the selfie was taken. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. They're there and available if people want to read. Uh, want to go look at them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mike, can you tell us about the changes for video reactions? Yeah. So we've been talking about this a bunch. On and off, right? Over the last few months, we had that one of my favorite pieces of follow-up all time, which was the video reactions during the funeral presentation. Yeah. yeah. Who could forget? Uh, Well, in iOS 17.4, there's a couple of things going on with the video reactions feature. So this is where you make some kind of hand reaction and some kind of effect goes off. Well, the one, which I think is very good, is that there is a new API that developers can take advantage of to disable them in their own applications. So this is great. So if you make like a therapy app, like we spoke about, you will be able to disable these reactions as part of your application, um, which is just helpful, right? Like it saves people with issues. One thing I'm not 100% sure about, um, maybe just because I don't understand enough about how this stuff exactly works, is if it's like straight up disabled, disabled, or if it's like turned off by default in that app and then you can turn it on. Like I, I don't know the answer to that question. But then there is a second thing. Um, so that was first found, the first thing I'm talking about was found by Mac Rumors. The second thing was found by 9to5Mac where there is a system message that is referring for people to turn on reactions so that and there is a they are inferring that potentially in 17.4 and onwards for new users uh the the reactions feature may be disabled by default i am wondering if maybe these two things are the same thing and that this is a message for apps where it is disabled but we don't know yet this has been like happening over the, the case of the 17.4 and mac os 14.4 beta cycle but it at least seems that for whatever reason, at this point, Apple has decided to make some changes um, and some potential changes to the way that this feature is working, which more, more, I like my favorite thing here is like, I, you know, I like that they actually do enable it by default. We spoke about that because I think it's like a fun thing to, to discover, but I do like the idea of certain applications having it off by yeah. default, which I think yeah. would be beneficial. I don't, I can't think of the scenario in which a teletherapy app needs that on by default and that anyone would get upset that it wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had an emotional roller coaster. Um, the last of the 35 seconds. Yeah, where <laughs> it was announced that Job Simulator is coming to the Apple Vision Pro. And I thought that I got my risky because I knew that the company called Alchemy Labs was acquired. I thought by Meta, but they were actually bought by Google. Um, so there was a there was a moment where I thought that I had achieved my uh, uh, my risky. I still think I'm going to, but I just haven't yet. But I do want to say there are two things to me here. One, uh, I think it's great that this app is coming to uh, Vision Pro. Like I'm actually really pleased about this because Job Simulator is one of the most fun VR experiences you can have, I think. 
this, the thing that is funny to me about this is I can't believe that this game is still being put onto new platforms. Like it just <laughs> keeps appearing over time. It's like it's like almost like a zombie. Like it just keeps appearing. I would expect there's probably new things in the game too. But yeah, I, I'm actually really excited about this. I, uh, I think this is fantastic that this is going to be uh, oh job simulator and vacation simulator, which is their follow up. Which, in my opinion, while still fun, is not as delightful as job simulator is. Um, have you two, uh, Federico, I'm pretty sure you have, but Stephen, have you ever played Job Simulator? I have I w- never played Job Simulator. Neither I was just you. thinking. Oh, you got to have a great time. I was just thinking, didn't we play it when we were at Facebook like six years ago? No. I don't, that w- I don't no. remember. I don't remember. I think that was just a demo that they I've, had. Oh, I've played it. Mike, I played it. Remember when you and I visited that makerspace north yep. of Memphis when you were here one time? Yep. We played it there, yep. I think. Okay. Because, I mean, I've I've played this so many times now. i've like definitely played it VR, somewhere. on quest like but yeah i i will i will try again here because i'm excited to see how it's going to work um i mean and it'll be using hand tracking because you're essentially just manipulating things with hands um but yeah i'm really excited for this uh for whenever this appears like basically it was um it was spotted by Upload VR on the Unity website where they are talking about something happening in a couple of weeks where there's like a presentation from Alchemy Studios talking about how they are bringing their games to Apple Vision Pro and how they've done that as part of like using Unity's toolkit. So don't know when it's coming, um, but I'm excited that it is because these are the types of game experiences that should exist and could exist. And I, I want to see more of them because I think I think people will really dig it. When it when it does uh, land on Vision Pro, nice. I gotta check it out. If you want something, I guess, kind of like this, Federico urged us to play a little bit of Black Box, which is a game that I've had but haven't tried, and I played like ten minutes before we recorded today. Um, yeah, you should try that game. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. Um, I, all, all I'm gonna say is that it made me feel um, like. I felt when I tried the version for the first time in June, like I played yeah. for like 15 minutes. And when I took off the headset, um, I just felt like I was thinking, what did I just experience? <laughs> Very wondrous. It's also one of the games, uh, like game slash apps that Apple done a lot of, uh, has done a lot of promotion of for this reason, I think, because it is quite special, um, including some stuff on the developer website uh, talking about it. Yeah. Highly recommended, and uh, make sure you have uh, clear your surroundings. Is all I'm gonna say when you want to play this game because you're gonna need to use your whole body and move around and use your hands and spin in place. All kinds of things you gotta do. Really good, really, really good fun. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. To be honest, because I did like the first three little mini games, and yeah, Black Box on iOS is is like a really weird experience, but but a great one. Mike, how's it going with your American? Apple ID yeah. situation. Uh, so far, it's fine. I, what I don't like about this process is I'm having to try and keep the mental load of making sure I'm keeping like an eye on the things that I'm buying, right? Because I've been using, I used a gift card, which I haven't topped up yet, but I think we're going to have to soon. But like, I'm starting subscriptions for things that I want to try out. And like, I have to remember this. Right? So, like, I have like a, re- a recurring to doist reminder right now to like make sure that. I'm keeping enough balance on the account and stuff like that. Um, and, and I also, the more I download, the more I pay for, the more I download, the more I'm like, whenever this comes to the UK, I need to do all this again. 
but it's going fine. Like it's going fine because I, I once once Vision launches in the UK, I am going to be switching my account back to my regular account. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely makes sense. Because like there's stuff that I haven't subscribed to yet. Like I haven't subscribed to TV Plus because I really don't want to do that. But I have subscribed to Apple Music because. I wanted to listen to music. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's like, ah, oh. I tried a few things. Like I tried YouTube music, <laughs> like just listening to the music on YouTube as a thing to try. Um, but I found that ultimately quite frustrating as yeah. an experience. So I was like, all right. And then I also wanted to try out spatial audio. And so uh, I I ended up going back to Apple music. So now I have like just like a singular Apple music trial going on and then it's going to turn into a paid account for a bit. So I don't know. One last bit of follow-up. Uh, we want to point people to episode 370 of App Stories, where Federico, <laughs> you and John talk about your Apple Vision Pro's worldwide adventure to get to you. Uh, it is an incredible story. I I absolutely loved this episode. Thank you. Poor John. <laughs> yeah, Poor I John. know, right? You know? I know, right? The, the things that man does for me are just uh, extraordinary. I feel like I have a sense for how you were <laughs> during that time. And I can imagine that was quite stressful for John. I tried to keep calm, I think. Uh, you know, the thing is, though, I, I think because we're all such close friends, like we can intuit your feeling even if you're not expressing it, right? Mm. So like you may not have been expressing because I was feeling it. I was feeling like stressed about how I thought you were feeling, especially when I didn't really hear from you for two days, you know? Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that, you were trying to weird. disconnect yourself, which I understand why you would do. But then I have this, like, I had this yeah, impending really feeling helped. of like, <laughs> I was worried about you that you were going to be getting upset, right? Yeah. By the end, I, I was getting a little upset, but yeah. I also knew that, like, yeah, there was a moment when I thought, I'm never going to get this thing. Uh, this right, is never exactly. Now, these are the feelings that I feel like I know you're having. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. like, like, and you're like, oh, forget it. I'm just going to go move to a cabin in the woods or whatever. And these are feelings that I have. I get like this too in these kinds of scenarios. Uh, and so I can imagine it was it was quite stressful for poor OTJ trying to like secure all of this for you. And he, the man got the work done, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. he did, as always. Uh, so yeah, that was a bit of an adventure. Lots of paperwork, lots mm-hmm. of money spent on taxes <laughs> and sh- shipping and all yep. that sort of stuff. Uh, but hey, I have a Vision Pro in Italy. Um, and, and it's mine and Apple didn't mess up my order like they did for poor James Thompson, unfortunately. Um, yeah, James is having like a whole different scenario, which I'll just give the cliff notes of, which is he had a friend um, get a Vision Pro for him and uh, they he they brought it to James. Uh, James has it now. And what appears to have happened is when they put the package together at the store, which is a wild thing that they are doing with this, which is kind of like the Apple Watch, but still it seems like, I don't know, like odd. Like you, your order goes to the store and then they get the light seal you need and then they, they pick the A Vision Pro and put it in the box. But actually when you order it, your Vision Pro has a serial number that is tied to your account, like to your order account, I mm-hmm. should say. Yeah. Well, James didn't get the Vision Pro he ordered. It was a different storage size and a different serial number. And he's now trying to resolve that. Now, of course, this wouldn't be so complicated if James lived in America and bought a store, right? Because he could just go back to the store and they could resolve it. But because of the weird things that we're doing, 
as uh, non-Americans, he's kind of in a bit of a strange spot right now. Yeah. So best of luck to James for getting yeah, yeah, for real. That Somehow. seems impossible to fix. Big salutes for James Thompson right now. Yeah. <laughs> F's in chat for James. <laughs> All right, this episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at FitBod. When you're looking to change your fitness level, it can be hard to know where to get started, which is why I'm pleased to let you know that FitBod is an easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan that is just for you. Everybody has a fitness path that is unique. This is why FitBod uses tons of data to make sure they're customizing things to suit everybody individually, including you. Adapting as you improve so every workout will be challenging, pushing you to make the progress that you want. Superior results are achieved when a program is tailored to your unique body, experience, environment, and goals, which are all stored in your FitBod gym profile. FitBod tracks your muscle recovery as you're working out so you can avoid burnout and keep up your momentum. And it builds your best possible workout by combining the power of AI and exercise science. FitBod have analyzed billions of data points that are then fine-tuned by certified personal trainers to make sure that you'll be getting the best workout experience possible. And every time you need to learn something new, you can be very confident that you're getting exactly what you need thanks to their more than 1,000 demonstration videos. They have videos for all of their exercises as well as instructions. They're shot from multiple angles and it makes it super easy for you to pick up what you're going to be doing. Your muscles improve when they work with your entire musculoskeletal system. So overworking some muscles while underworking others can negatively impact your results. This is why FitBod tracks your muscle fatigue and recovery to design a well-balanced workout routine. It also means you're not going to get bored because you're going to be doing new exercises, new circuits, that kind of stuff. I mentioned earlier in the show that I went to the gym. Well, FitBod has been a very important part of my fitness journey over the last couple of years. It gave me the basics and the confidence and continues to be an ongoing tool that I use to keep my fitness up because it's giving me confidence to try out new things and getting me getting me started with their bodyweight workouts and it was really important for me. The app is super easy to use. You can stay informed with your with progress charts that they have at Fitbod. They also have weekly reports and sharing cards so you can keep track of your achievements and personal bests and share them with your friends and family. It also integrates with your Apple Watch, Wear a smartwatch and apps like Strava, Fitbit and Apple Health. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive. Fitbod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year but you can get 25% off of your membership by signing up today at fitbod.me slash connected so go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash connected once again that is fitbod.me slash connected for 25% off your membership our thanks to fitbod for their support of this show and relay fm i have a new segment though i need help naming okay we have a couple of uh iPhone cases and accessories to talk about. They're both made out okay. of leather. Okay. I was thinking leather daddies, but that sounds weird. We could do that. I think or I mean we may attract an audience that is gonna be unhappy with the content that they're receiving. Could be. But we can we could do that if you if you want to. I would prefer to just refer to this as like iPhone cases, you know, or something like that. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta juice the numbers, you know. The numbers of a chapter. It also yeah. depends on how many times I write Leather Daddy in the show description. That's a really good point. That is a really, really good point. <laughs> Should we just start SEOing the show descriptions yeah. now? Yeah. Just going to stuff the keywords. Uh, two two iPhone cases that we wanted to talk about this week. Uh, one is a Kickstarter, and the other is from Nomad Goods. 
the one okay. on Kickstarter is called uh, The Open Case. Uh, I wrote about it. Our friend Matt Panzerino wrote about it on his new site, The Obsessor, which if you have not subscribed to, like, what are you doing? Go subscribe to it. It's awesome. This case is designed for those of us who have found ourselves in the iPhone case plus wallet lifestyle, which I used to not be in that camp, but I am now in that camp of, as of the last couple of years. And it's a, a leather iPhone case with the back cut out of it. And so the wallet attaches to your phone and it's kind of nestled in the back of the case so it doesn't come off as easily and it makes it all thinner. Uh, it's super clever. I have a prototype that John, the guy from the Kickstarter, uh, sent me and even the prototype is really nice and uh it's it's a good idea i can't believe no one i can't i've never come across this before maybe other people have done it but it's super smart yeah i have one too john sent one to me too like i'm not a case person anymore but this is the most interesting case that i've seen in a long time because what i like about it so you know it is a very strange case to look at because it is a case with a big square cut out Mm -hmm. like a big rectangle. yeah And like that's really good for if you use the wallet, but I'm not necessarily a wallet person. But what I like about this is it's a whole system of stuff. So I have uh, the wa- I have a wallet, an open case wallet. They John's also making his own wallet as well as working with Apple's wallet. It's a very similar wallet. But there's also like a pop socket version. Yeah. And or you can take it out and like they, he's also making a bunch of other stuff too like a case charger and things like that and it because it's magsafe it will work whether you have the uh, one of the little spaces on it or not i just think it's a very clever way of looking at what magsafe can do and then finding different products for it because yeah. i know personally i wouldn't want to use a wallet with how i use my phone like the idea of the wallet potentially getting detached like freaks me out when i'm taking it in and out of my pocket mm-hmm. but this would stop that from happening and i can see that is where like the idea for this product comes from yeah. but what i actually really appreciate with what john has done is then to take this and expand it and like there are different options available um yeah I, I, john sent it to, to me and steven without any request of talking about it he just wanted my feedback but i actually do think this is something that connected listeners might might be keen on checking out so i wanted to mention it on the show yeah the case is also really well made and it has actual buttons for mm-hmm. everything uh there's not just cut out so i also really like that about it it's the way to go i really like the modularity approach yeah. here like you have different options i think it's really well done it's a cool idea yeah i don't well also nice. i don't use i still don't have a case on on my phone mike it's still a mm. no case lifestyle for me uh and uh, I think I don't want to go back at this point. Uh, but yeah, cool project. And I will say as well, like without the uh, without any of the, like you say you have the wallet, you take the wallet out, you should have the big square. It actually makes a large iPhone really comfortable to hold because you have something inherently to rest your finger on, like mm-hmm. which is the edge of the the like the cutout. Yeah. And without the with this case on, like it works with all of the charges that I use, like the. Um, the cube one that I use, like it fits with that. Like it is a very clever product. I mean, of course this is like any of those things, right? Where we spoke about this, like the peak design and stuff like that. Like if you decide to go all in on this, if you were a person that upgrades your phone every year, like you're going to have to wait for the case to come every year, which Mm -hmm. I, do think like is an inherent issue with these systems. Like we would, we spoke about the peak design one that 
I think you both were getting into at one point, and I know that you had like the Pitaka one too, Federico. The where Pitaka, like, yes, I, I used to love Pitaka, yes. Yeah, and so you kind of get yourself in that situation if you are uh, an every year iPhone person, but not everybody is. I expect the majority. Mm-hmm. Not I, I expect a larger portion of our audiences than the general audience. So like that's just always something to consider with stuff like this. And it's more about being an early iPhone person. You know, if you yeah. if you wait till the spring, you have more options, and that's where the Nomad product comes in. So this actually came up in the Relay Discord for members. This is the Nomad magnetic leather back, and it reminds me, 12 South, I think it was 12 South, had something like this a long, long time ago. I had it on my 4S or 5 or something. This is not a case. It's just a back piece, and Nomads connects with MagSafe, but then it also has uh, three little micro suction pads that help it stick. And so the back of your phone is leather and grippy, but you don't have a case around the sides. And so I've actually been using this the last couple of days. I ordered one when it was announced. And um, it's pretty awesome. It's it's kind of the best of both worlds. I, I like the caseless feel, but I really don't like sitting my naked phone down like on the counter. Like I, I kind of like having Why? something between it. And this is... Uh, is that so okay but, so but why my, though why don't you like to do that so we, we can just all be honest here it's friday okay. we're all with friends everyone's everyone's honest on friday everyone <laughs> has a waterproof bluetooth speaker in their shower right no listen to podcasts listen to music no okay i don't okay i don't well i, I do i used to yeah yeah i do and i'll start a podcast and then i'll sit my phone on uh, like the the edge of the sink, like the countertop, like around the sink. But I I don't like my, like then if my phone rings or like an alarm goes off, it's like moving around on there. I don't want it to fall into the sink or fall off the counter. And the case gives it just a little bit of grip so it stays put. But there's somewhere else to put it in the bathroom. Like it doesn't have, if that's your only reason, just put it somewhere else. This is like a shelf. There's like not a lot of good options in my bathroom. Put it on the floor. That's a terrible idea. Why? I had this happen to me and I and I just and I did what Mike just said. I was listening to an episode of Cortex and I was cutting vegetables. I was cooking and the iPhone was in portrait mode, sort of sitting like vertically. And typically the case would provide some grip for the phone. But uh, without a case, at some point, I believe on Cortex, Mike just had a very loud laugh and the phone the phone moved and it sort of just like crashed on the countertop. Um and I that was worried the power for of like my laughter. that's can, the power of your laughter. I, I was worried for five seconds. Then I checked; everything was fine, and I realized, well, now that I'm not using a case, I'm just gonna place it down without having it sit upright on the countertop. I'm just gonna place it somewhere else and continue listening like that, and it was fine. Hmm. So, anyways, just put the phone on the floor. Yeah, don't put but it. But this is an no. interesting product to me. This this leather back, like, because I don't, I'm not sure that I get it, like. Does it really feel like you don't have a case on? Yeah, because the rails are completely exposed. It's just a, a hair thicker on the back. Um, the other nice thing about it is... Does it provide any protection, like, realistically? Like, if you drop this... Only if you drop it straight on its back. I mean, because the yeah. rails are exposed. So if you if it landed right. on the rails, it would, it would mess them up. 
So yeah. it's not a really protection thing. I think it's more of a grip thing. But okay. the other thing that it does is it makes the MagSafe connection stronger. Like the Apple MagSafe wallet and just the naked phone is actually not that strong of a connection. And because you have an extra small ring of magnets in there, the uh, the the force, the magnetic, you know, that feels better. So I'm digging it. I like it. I like both of okay. these options. I think they're both really interesting. Yeah, you should try them at the same time. <laughs> try them. <laughs> see, see what happens. You know? Yo, dog, I heard you like cases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I cut a hole in your case and then put leather over the top of it. Mm-hmm. Why is this? Why is this topic called kitchen pod? What's what's a kitchen pod? Uh, because it's a home pod with a screen you put in your kitchen. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So th- this is uh, just an update on some rumors. Last last year, nine to five Mac had reported that Apple has been running tvOS on a modified. HomePod, uh, no, modified iPad mini, I guess because there was no other OS available for an iPad. I don't know what else you would use uh, to see how a new HomePod with a built-in display would work. And there is now a device called Z314 that shows up in the Iowa tvOS 17.4 beta 3. Mike, this is really your topic. You're the tvOS guy. Yeah, but you put it in. Because I find it super interesting because we've talked about okay. the... The but usefulness. Also, we've established this. I'm not. I've retired as TVOS guy. Mm. Yeah, he was fired. I've, so. I was. I was. The job was ripped from me, and the title well, bestowed upon of, somebody else. Just, just one of the many tech layoffs in the in the past. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have been impacted. Mm, yes, I was laid off. We yes, have yeah. right sized our TVOS department. And <laughs> what? What is that? Right sized? You haven't heard that corporate speak. No, no, I've never right heard sizing. that before. Yeah, it's you're laying people off because you're trying to be, have a smaller team. Right sizing. Is this like the sunset version of downsizing? Yes. Because also, yeah. what's funny to me is downsizing is a corporate speak word, so you don't have to say layoffs or firing mm-hmm. or redundancies. This is one layer further removed. Now we've gone again. So we've got what did you say? Right sizing. Right sizing. Man, what's the next one? I don't know. Like perfect sizing. It's Friday. Well, sizing. Synergy. Good sizing. Uh, so basically, there's a few things in, in Beta 3 which would seem to suggest that there is a new device called codenamed Z314, which is essentially an A15 Bionic chip, which is what it's powered by. This is stuff that's been d- digged up from logs, which is a, essentially it's an iPad Mini 6, but it's running tvOS. Like There's been some changes because it's in tvOS. I said it, it can run on that one. Additionally, there are some Swift UI frameworks that have been added to HomePod firmware. That's which wild. Which wouldn't make any sense, <laughs> right? That would make no sense unless there was something visual. Similarly, there's a system tool called HangTracered or HangTracerD, which uh, essentially would it is to debug unresponsive UI in an app. These things don't need to exist on the HomePod as yeah. it is today. So yeah. this is kind of like putting two and two together would suggest that work is continuing on what seems to be some weird like amalgamation of an iPad, TVOS, and a HomePod. 
But all those things together could make something really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of love the energy here. Like all these things coming together in one product. And the more I think about it, the more I realize this is totally something that I want. And I have just a spot for it in my kitchen. Therefore, I agree. The name Kitchen Pod was accurate. Stephen, thank uh, you. if you were responsible for it, it's a good name. What, what I actually think is happening here is that we're beginning to see the swallowing of HomePod into tvOS. Like, I, I, mm. I don't think that this product will be running what looks like, oh, that will not be running what, what is tvOS, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I don't think that this product will be an Apple TV. Like, mm-hmm. I think it will be a HomePod that runs apps and has an interface. Yeah. So it will look and kind of act iOS-y. But I think what's happening is the HomePod is kind of is being swallowed by tvOS. It's just kind of, there's been a, a link between the two for a while. But I think, I think that's the, the ultimate thing that's going to occur here is it, it will essentially just be a tvOS, which because tvOS, like everything else these days, is based on iPadOS. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's it's interesting. At first, I was like, why would you do tvOS, the iPad operating system? It's just right there. But then thinking about the use cases for this and like you want to use it as easily as possible. Like I, I agree with you. I don't think this is going to be like the tvOS interface exactly. But I think an interface like that with bigger touch targets than iPadOS that kind of does less than iPad OS is actually a good thing for this product. So I, I am encouraged by this direction because wh- what do you, I mean, you want timers, you want photos, you want media, media. Like you want to watch a YouTube video, right? You, you don't need uh, uh carrot time. weather or timery or things like that necessarily on your yep. kitchen pod. So at first I was really scratching my head, but the more I think about it, the more I think this is probably the way to go. And mm-hmm. and if it helps yep. tvOS, like if this comes out and developers see it as like, oh, I want my thing there, that's also only good for tvOS itself, I think. And so I I, I think Apple sees this as a way to kind of kind of bring these things together in a way that's beneficial for every everything. I find it so um, ironic, interesting, maybe a mix of the two uh, that. Nothing is going on in iPadOS land, and still iPadOS is providing the foundation for all these new platforms. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like in a way, the best thing the iPad ever did was to spawn new platforms that are not the iPad. There's something definitely interesting going on there. Sad. Like nothing happened, nothing has really happened uh, in iPadOS for the past year and a half or so. Um, but we are witnessing the beginning of new platforms, like VisionOS is already here. This HomeOS thing seems very likely at this point. They are based on iPadOS. So as a as a as a provider for platforms, nice job iPadOS. As a thing on its own, yeah, you know, not so much. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Going online without using ExpressVPN is a little like leaving all the windows in your home wide open. You don't have anything to hide, but you still wouldn't want anyone to invade your privacy. When you go online without a VPN, internet service providers are able to see the websites that you visit. This information could also be sold to ad companies who could use this data to target you. 
When you use ExpressVPN, ISPs can't see your online activity because your identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server. Your data is encrypted for maximum protection, and ExpressVPN is incredibly easy to use. You just fire up the app, you click one button, and you're protected. It also works on all devices, including phones, laptops, routers, Apple TV even. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. Uh, I really love using ExpressVPN when I'm on networks that I don't control. So when I'm traveling and I'm on a hotel Wi-Fi, like that is a wide network and I have no idea what's going on there. So I feel more comfortable using ExpressVPN. Secure your online activity today by visiting expressvpn.com slash connected. That is expressvpn.com slash connected. And you can get yourself an extra three months for free. That is expressvpn, expressvpn.com slash connected. Thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. So just, we want to obviously going to talk about Vision Pro. I would like to, uh, I want to talk about Steven's excellent review, but I would like to set the the table here by allowing Federico to talk a little bit about his experiences because last week he couldn't. Mm. So Federico, yep. what is your week and a half or so been like uh, with the Vision Pro? I am having the best dive of my life right now in terms Great. of like my job. Um, it's, it's, um, it's like I'm living in the future, but it's not a dream. It's actually here um, in the sense that, so to give you some pra- some practical context, I haven't used the iPad Pro in two weeks at all. Mm-hmm. I am going all in on the Vision Pro. I, I just set it up for my work and I'm doing my work in it with Obsidian, Working Copy, Safari, my RSS, like all the things that I normally do, shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm using the Vision Pro. Like I was using the iPad Pro before, but it's more powerful because I can open more windows, because I can do more things, because it's such it's a better iPad Pro in every way. Um, it's also a different type of hardware, sure. Like you gotta be mindful of the battery, you gotta you know take it off every once in a while because otherwise it's, it's bad for my forehead and my eyes. But for productivity, I'm finding so far because it was based on iPadOS. I was really able to hit the ground running. Everything synced with iCloud. It was a familiar environment. All my shortcuts were there. Uh, the apps uh, either were available in Vision OS native mode or in iPad compatibility mode. And everything was just familiar. And that for me sort of felt like really going from one platform to another very similar platform that, however, offered much better multitasking. And so I am fully, fully on board with the idea of spatial computing. And I'm seeing the benefits because like right now I'm at my desk and I got a bunch of windows around me and I was never able to do that with an iPad or with the studio display. You know, um, I can work in the living room and fill my room with windows in a, se- in a sense that it's not like this hypothetical or sort of aspirational thing to do. It's a practical thing. Like I'm working on the couch with the Vision Pro and 10 windows around me. And we can get to all the problems with managing windows on Vision OS. But the thing is, it's such a productivity boost right now to have all that space in, a, in an environment that feels like iPadOS, but taken to its extreme conclusion, it's amazing. And that's not to mention then the non-work stuff. So watching movies, watching YouTube, reading articles, uh, I've been uh, I've been using this to. Um, I've also been using the iPad Mini uh, when I don't want to put on the Vision Pro, but just uh, you know, uh, opening Good Links, um, which is available in compatibility mode uh, on Vision OS, 
put it in portrait and scale it so it's like a giant window on the ceiling when I'm lying in bed just before bed and read articles like that, it's lovely. And uh, um, just this sense of the computer and your workspace are no longer limited or dictated by your physical environment, but it's all contained within this object that you put, put on your face, it's, it's wild. And it's, uh, I had so many moments over the past week or so where I stopped for a second to appreciate mm. what was happening. And I was like, you know, uh, this, is, this, is like, this is my life now and it's kind of wild. It's a triumph. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. They just did, they did it, you know? Like, and it, it's so not perfect, but I don't. Look, I know it's expensive, but if you expected a perfect experience, like I, I'm surprised by that. You know, and, and and there's an important. I think there's an important clarification that in the discourse online, um, I haven't seen talked about as much, uh, which is uh, we're seeing a lot of comparisons, right, between the Vision Pro and the MetaQuest Three, for example. Mm-hmm. Say no, you can do all these things for the Meta Quest. I mean, Zuck himself did a review and comparison online. Mark Zuckerberg, man. what a year he's having! <laughs> what, you know what I'm year. saying? Like this guy, like whoever, whoever he brought into his PR team, like is just crushing. Like yep. since yeah, threads. And, also, and also just totally. I'm really look. The guy is in pretty good shape, right? I mean, I, I, yeah, he's I, an I, MMA really, fighter. Y- yeah, yeah, he, he beat up Elon Musk. Yeah. Well, so anyway, the, the the point that I was trying to make is um, maybe the Vision Pro, I mean, obviously the Vision Pro is much more expensive than the Quest 3. And maybe the Vision Pro is not as accurate at some things as the Meta Quest, but there's a strength that the Vision Pro has, which is you have this computer and it launches it launched with a with a version 1.0, lots of rough edges everywhere. But it carries this strength of the existing ecosystem yes. that Apple has. The fact that I was able to log in with my iCloud account, go to the App Store, download all the apps that I was already using on, on my iPad and on my Mac, and everything just, and I was good to go for mm-hmm. my job in 20 minutes is incredible. Like, I feel like so many people, especially, you know, it's been the whole time, but it's been, like, very in, 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 uh, increased over the last few days because of this Zuckerberg thing. They're, like, referencing the, you know, the ecosystem of the Quest, right? The games and experience that it has is, but it feels like it's almost, like, not paying attention to the massive ecosystem that Apple has, which is yeah. what you're talking about, right? That, yeah. like, I don't need to download an app to get my Mac in the space. Yeah. Like, can you even do messaging in a meta quest? I have no idea, but I bet you can't do iMessage. <laughs> and I know that's Apple saying, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it, there are, of course, things that it can do, but there is something about if you're in this ecosystem, this is the best product for you. I mean, that's kind of Apple's whole thing, right? It's what they do, it's what they build. But the discourse is, 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 change in again and it's it's frustrating to me but i don't really think we need to get into that too much today yeah we don't need to get into that but yeah i'm having the best time yeah yeah good steven i really loved your review did a great job uh it's very good i love how uh uh just how much just people have to say 
you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> you and Jason, right, just wrote these, like, massive reviews, like, which is quite rare for the both of you these mm-hmm. days, I suppose, like, to write, like, multi-thousand word things. And, you know, I understand that like, me and Jason would talk about it on Upgrade. Like, it's so huge. Like, that's just because there's just so much. It's like, you to review this thing, you have to talk about all of it. And it's an entire operating system. It's, as Federico knows, it's difficult to write about an entire operating system in a concise manner, right? Like, yeah. where do you stop? Like, how far do you go? Um, but, you know, I, I loved about Jason's review, what you mentioned, which is like, he frames it in this idea of like, let's go back to the beginning of computing. Yeah. But what I really enjoyed about yours was the, you know, I think a, a metaphor that we all value quite highly, which is the the carousel um, pitch from, in Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Because that was such a great way of like describing the feeling of looking at media in this device. Like it is a nostalgia machine kind of unlike anything I've experienced before. Like, you know, I I, I may have said about this in Cortex, but it was true. Like, I was looking at photos that I'd taken two days earlier, and it felt like I was, like, nostalgic about that experience, which doesn't really make any sense. But this th- it kind of gives you a, a positive, I think, case of, like, a sensory overload mm-hmm. in using it at points. But, yeah, I just thought it was a really good, uh, a really good way of kind of trying to explain how this thing feels. Yeah, thank you. That was a late addition to the review. I wrote it over the course of two days, and the original headline with the guy I shared with you, Mike, was "Weight of the Future," like a, a, mm-hmm. a play on words of the Aviator. And my original ending is actually still in the review. Uh, the line about um, it carries on its shoulders the weight of the future while being constrained by the technology at Apple's disposal today. Like that was my sort of original through line. But then the carousel thing came to mind and and it it fits so well. But it is it is hard to talk about. And you and Jason on upgrade, you know, y'all talked about this too, but I was four thousand words into this and hadn't talked about hardware yet. And normally I talk about hardware first in these reviews because like, I'm a I'm a hardware person. Like I I, I like the the tangible physical aspects of computing. But this platform is so big and there's so many things going on you it's like hard to talk about all of it like after the first day i was going through what i had written and what was on my outline is like oh gosh like i have like five other things i haven't even thought about yet that i've got to i've got to talk about here but i wanted to get something out to have like a flag in the ground like this is what this is like in the beginning and Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually th- was thinking a lot about Federico's first iPad Pro review back in 2015. You know, Federico, you had a review unit, didn't you? Is that I did. I yeah. did. It was my first iPad. That's right. It was the first iPad. Yeah, Pro. he. That's where we met in person for the first time. Yeah, he came to London yeah. together. And I remember we re- had to record that episode super early, like on a Sunday morning or something, to yes. have it for <laughs> embargo or whatever. But. I actually went and revisited that review while writing this one, thinking about like, what does it mean to like look at something in the beginning? And obviously it's going to change, but I want something that, that captures what I think right now. And, um, you know, I think we're all still like sorting through our thoughts and feelings about this, this product. And even we're now at the end of week two of vision pro being out in the world. 
already like our understanding of what it's good at and what apps can do and all these things like that. It's already changed again, right? There's there's more and more apps. We're going to talk about some some that we like, I think, here in a minute. But it is an ev- evolving relatively quickly. And that, I think, is exactly what Apple wants, right? It plays into their the strength of their ecosystem that developers and these services and everything, you know, just blur the lines between our products. And so... uh so yeah, so far so good. I think with the Vision Pro. Like if if we're inside baseballing for a minute, like I'm ha- I'm having some difficulty in like, you know, you say it's week two. I've used the Vision Pro for like three hours this week because maybe a little bit more than that. But it's, I wasn't at my studio for two days, and like I'm leaving mm-hmm. it at my studio because it's too much to take backwards and forwards yeah. every day. Like yeah. I don't want to be commuting with this thing. One that just feels dangerous uh but like it's also it's heavy and big like in the case and i like the case i I like the protection of it i like having it all in a unit right and i can like zip it away and put it away but like i've made the decision that i think the best place for it to be is at my studio because when i'm like i am kind of i'm treating this as a computer um like that's how i i I think of the vision pro for me as a more of a productivity machine like an actual computer machine i think that is where i will find the majority of use out of it and so if I'm going to use it that way, it is best to be where I'm working, mm-hmm. not where I'm uh, when I'm at home, where like what I'm trying to do more when I'm at home is spend time with my wife and play yep. video games. Yeah. Like, yep. yeah. The Vision Pro is not ideal for either of those things right now. No. Uh, when I, you know, when I have something like a Steam Deck. So like, all right, I'm leaving it here at the studio. But then it means I have to be here, which I am most days. But like, it's just been a funny thing where like, you know, we're into this week and I wasn't here for like two and a half days. So I barely used it. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's the right kind of, I think everybody has to work out where they think this product's going to live in their life. And yeah. And I think the work is a funny thing for me. You know, we mentioned Federico is wearing his now, which is funny because he's sitting in front of a studio display. Yep. But that's how I've been too. Like when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm getting my work done, I'm sitting in front of a studio display, but I want to sit in front of my studio display because then I can use my nice keyboard because I, and then I can also bring my Mac in. But I have my Mac in the middle, which is what I'm doing right now. Then I have like a bunch of windows around the outside and I'm like, I have the Safari open, so I have everything nice and crisp. And then I have like, you know, I have messages and Slack and to do this. Although, you know, again, I will keep making this complaint, hopefully only until June. The fact that I have to start everything from scratch every time is really annoying. Federico, I, I don't know if, you, if you've if you tried this or if you have my experience with this, like of trying to set up a shortcut to at least open apps. Oh, but then well, they're like, have you tried this? <laughs> no, I got I got one better for you. Okay. It hap- I did this just a few minutes ago. Okay. Um, uh, I got a notification for my RSS reader uh, on macOS and uh, I knew that I wanted to save that for later, right? Because I, was, yeah. I was like, I'm recording right now. I want to save this for later um, so that I can check it out when I'm done. So I opened the RSS app on the Vision Pro and I have a shortcut to save my um, links that I want to link on Mac Stories into good links and things at the same time. I have this little shortcut that saves a link in two apps. So I didn't think about it. I knew that was going to happen, but I didn't think about it. I ran the shortcut and everything disappeared because the shortcut, like every single window that I had in front of me, including my Mac, 
virtual display disappeared right. because when okay. you use a shortcut that has the open app action it it just launches the app and it hides everything else so while recording the show <laughs> i had i had so all the windows disappeared and i was left like an idiot staring at a turned off studio display but i could hear you guys because obviously mac os was still working so i had to manually go to control center disable virtual mac display and re-enable it again and then the window appeared again it's such a strange bug i hear that it's fixed in vision os 1.1 beta but okay. i f- i still feel uncomfortable uh, installing a beta on, on no, the I, I, this is not a, a, a beta I would put on yeah. my device like I, I I feel like betas on this device could be really yeah weird no yeah you yeah. know like like bugs in this operating system could be a, like not good right I, yeah. I, I think would be my experience but that see that but if they fix that that would help me at least yeah. because I could have a shortcut that even if it just opens six apps and stacks them on top of each other, I at least have all the apps open that I want and then I can Tony Stark move them around. You know what yes. I mean? Like I'm just grabbing yes. things and putting them all over the place because sometimes I'm like, I forget the apps that I want open. You know what I mean? Like yep. we'll talk about some fun apps that we're using later on, but they're for me apps that I'm only using in Vision OS. So they're not like part of my muscle memory yet. You know, like I know I need to do is to open, but there's like these fun little utilities and I f- kind of forget about them. And then I'm like sitting there for two hours and yeah. I have a thought and I'm like, oh, I should open this app, you know? Mm-hmm. So isn't this, it funny this... that the best way to see all your open apps on the Vision Pro right now is the force quit menu? Yeah, no, I had that thought the other day. I was like, what <laughs> I, do I have running? I still cannot believe they put that in there. Like, right? I'm pleased that they did, but it is, yeah. mm, of all the things, you know what I mean? Of all the things to bring to an iPad-based operating system, they brought force quit. And it's yeah. like, wow. Like, much respect, but that is an incredible thing. Look, I, I do believe that it, WWDC, when we see Vision OS 2, presumably, there will be some more window control. Oh, yeah. Even I mean- if it is just what I want, the bare minimum of... At reboot, remember what apps I had open. Yes, even just that's kind that. of all I really need. Yeah, and then my problems are solved for me. Do y'all use that setting on the Mac, like reopen Windows at login? I, I yeah, do, yes. but it's a disaster with Stage Manager. Oh, I bet it is. <laughs> I don't use Stage Manager anymore anymore. So yeah. reopens all of the applications, but it, but it doesn't. <laughs> it puts every single one of them in an individual stage. <laughs> so instead, <laughs> so, you know, great. Like, uh, I, you know, manager. you did like half of what I wanted. Yeah. <sighs> uh, there was a couple of things I liked that I wanted to, to, to mention. If you, you know, we, we've kind of touched on this a little bit in this episode anyway, but I just think it's kind of fascinating that you reference iPad as, as being like, the actual like you know at- apple's attempt at a post pc era device right like this is a post pc comp- device and it, that kind of hasn't really happened maybe in the way that they wanted right like there was there was definitely a timeline where apple wanted the ipad to replace the mac like i feel like we know that they were on that they changed course i think correctly but that seemed like a place they were going and the, the, i had this thought which you're kind of driving to as well which is 
now we're looking at Vision Pro as potentially a, this idea of like a spatial computing as a post-PC thing. If that ends up being the case, the iPad kind of succeeded in a weird roundabout way. Yeah. There's this something, is based on iPadOS. <laughs> there's yeah. something to that. Uh, there's a section of the review where I talk about Apple's new OSs. And we're going to put new in air quotes because the iPhone is what, like 17 years old or something now? Mm-hmm. Um, they are all based on like iOS, iPadOS, watchOS. They're all of a lineage, right, from the iPhone, not from the Mac. And they borrow different ideas from the Mac, but Apple was never going to put Mac OS frameworks on the Vision Pro, right? It was always going to be based on some iOS descendant. And in that regard, we live in a post-PC era because the operating systems we use look like operating systems designed for devices like this, not for the desktop personal computer. And, you know, I'm huge sidebar where I don't want to get into today is like, which one is better? They're just different, right? For this, for this conversation, matter. not going there. Yeah. But in, if, if you look at it that way, from a technology standpoint, the iPad is a huge success. The iPhone, obviously a huge success, right? That lineage of OS is a huge success. Now, where it falls down a little bit, I think, is around the edges, where maybe the form factor doesn't work for everybody or the people who do need more. Like the Vision Pro is basically an iPad level computer. And that's awesome if you can do your work on an iPad level computer. If you can't, then the post PC conversation just makes you frustrated because what you need yeah. is something from before that. That's where I land, but it doesn't mean that these other things don't have value and aren't really interesting as well. So yeah, I love the question, Mike, because in a sense, it's been a huge success. I had, you know, I'd never thought of it that way, but in like where you took that of like, we are actually, we are actually in post PC Mm -hmm. because nobody today and into the future is going to make a new consumer device that has an operating system that works like Windows or macOS. You're exactly right. There are new devices all the time, right? Like, look at in gaming, right? We have Steam Decks now. That They don't run Windows, and they don't run something that looks like Windows. Now, you can get to, like, a weird subsystem where it does look like a desktop operating system. Yeah. That's not what they necessarily want you to do. It is like an escape hatch for the, for the tinkerers, right? But, like, this is just where we are now, right? Like... The, all of these little, all the paradigms that we're used to on a on a PC, we're not going to see them in other things now. Like there are there are v- new versions that are created of this, and ultimately, a lot of it comes down to control, right? Like companies today, for good reasons and and bad reasons, they want control over their devices, mm-hmm. and the the typical PC idea does not allow for that and so there is at least a if they don't fully control it they want to create an environment they have control over so like using the steam deck again right like they have the ability for you to use linux and you can install things on that device and you can do some weird and wonderful things but steam 
ideally want you to just use the interface they have created in SteamOS, like that, because they control right. that, they understand that, that's what they support, and like that's where we are now. That is the world that we're in, mm-hmm. and like the idea that like some company is going to come up and be like, "Oh, hey, <laughs> we started again with a Windows mouse." Like what is it called? Wimp is that it? Windows something mouse window something, interface mouse pointer something. Mm. I don't know precision. Who knows? But like whatever that that kind of window based operating system that we're used to on PC and Mac. Windows icon menu pointer. There you go. That's we're not going to get a new one of those now, right? Like that that time is over, and we're in the post PC world. But what we originally thought was post PC. That's not the case because PCs still exist, yeah. <laughs> and they're still predominant. But nothing new is coming along. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on, and I think that the controls an issue. I think consumer safety and security is obviously a huge issue, right? It's Apple's whole argument in the EU, whether or not that argument is valid in that specific case. Again, a conversation for another day. But you can do things in a traditional desktop operating system that you just can't do in these new style OSs. And again, that's beneficial to the masses. There are some of us who that puts limitations on what we can do. And Apple, to their credit, are keeping both around, right? The Mac has not gone anywhere. Even though the iPhone and iPad have spun off all these other platforms, right? The Kitchen Pod OS coming later this year. The Mac is still there, and really interestingly, the Mac is an escape patch for this particular product, which is fascinating, and how Federico is joining us today through that feature. And so, yeah, Yeah. so I think that the Vision Pro fits in about at the iPad level, even though it borrows things from the Mac, including the Mac itself. It actually borrows the whole Mac in a way through the virtual display thing. Which I actually think is the best thing that it did for that device, by the way. Like, just that it's there. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this product is infinitely more usable because that's there. Yeah, because you don't have to stop wearing it when you need to do something exactly. that's only on macOS. You can continue yes. using it, and, and really, macOS becomes an app on the Vision yeah. Pro. Like, I, I would not be able to use my Vision Pro the way I am using it if they did not put this exactly, in. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. And it justifies it the purchase by letting it become like letting the Mac become part of the experience instead of something that you need to begrudgingly switch to. Yep. And what I'm expecting and, and hoping to happen and I believe will happen is over time the things that I'm doing on the Mac in Vision Pro will decrease, decrease, decrease. And like that my my Mac being the central window is going to change. But mm-hmm. where we are right now, I need it there because, like, I need to use Google Docs, and Google Docs on Safari on, on Vision OS is terrible because Google treat it like it's a iPad. Yeah, which right? is exactly what I'm doing now. I'm using Google yeah. Docs in Safari in virtual Mac display, mm-hmm. and so you know, and and things like that will start to change over time, and then I will be able to. I won't have to rely on the Mac part of the experience as much. And so, like, it was, I've said it before, I'll say it many more times, like, who are, the fact that that debate was won in that way was great. Like, I'm, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other things that we wanted to talk about, like, experiences-wise that we've had? 
couple of things that I want to mention. First, at the mm-hmm. beginning of the show, I said that I was uh, my sense of depth was feeling kind of weird because I pushed the virtual display into the wall. Mm-hmm. I have since totally gotten used to it. I think it's quite lovely. I don't feel weird anymore compared to uh, compared to an hour ago. Um, and I received today the uh, two keyboard trays that I posted on Mastodon a few days ago. So for context, I shared a Mastodon post in which I sort of put out a question to the world in which I asked, are there any alternatives to the 12 South Magic Bridge accessory that instead of holding an Apple Magic Keyboard and Magic Trackpad next to each other horizontally, are there alternatives that sort of mimic a laptop configuration with the trackpad below and the keyboard above? And as it turns out, in Amazon US, um, there are a couple. So I got, for science, you know, uh, yeah. the one is called the Tionit uh, plastic magic keyboard and trackpad tray. And another, it's a no brand acrylic transparent uh, tray. Both are very similar. Um, and they do work as advertised. So they have this, um, it's like an empty shell with, with two holes, one for the magic keyboard that you put above and one for the magic trackpad that you put below the keyboard. So it kind of resembles a laptop, but with a giant trackpad. Um, they work as advertised. The plastic one, so the white plastic one, the tie-on-it one, has these little plastic ridges on the sides of the trackpad. And those protections are in place to make sure that you don't accidentally touch the trackpad with your wrist and your and your palm when you're typing with the keyboard. That's a common piece of feedback that I got from, from folks on Mastodon, including friend of the show, Dan Seifert, um, who said, uh, I tried these accessories before, but I couldn't get used to them because when you use a desktop magic trackpad and a magic keyboard, that configuration doesn't have the palm rejection features that you typically have in Mac laptops. And I thought, oh no, that sounds like a nightmare. I will not be able to use this product. So I did some writing uh, for Mac Stories uh, with this accessory today. I think so far I prefer the transparent one because it's slightly slimmer, doesn't have the ridges uh, around the trackpad. And even without those protections, it's been fine. Uh, I was able to write a couple of articles for the club uh, in Obsidian while using Vision OS. And um, it's a much nicer setup than the 12 South Magic Bridge because just it's much more natural to me to have the trackpad below and the keyboard above it. So if you are in the market for a keyboard holder, a keyboard and trackpad holder for your Vision Pro, Go check out these two keyboard trays on Amazon. Uh, they are $35 or something. Um, obviously, the 12 South Magic Ridge is also an excellent accessory, but I realized after working with the Vision Pro for a couple of days that I preferred the vertical orientation with the trackpad below instead of next to the keyboard. So far, I've liked the Magic Bridge, but I, I see where you're coming from. Like yeah. it, The Magic Bridge is very large yeah. because yes. it's all in one line. 
And this is much uh, nicer to kind of just put on your lap and it kind of feels like a laptop without the screen. Yeah. Speaking of which, I want to also point people to that incredible video that I linked on Mac Stories by uh, uh, Luke Miani on YouTube. Um, so I was familiar with Luke's work before. Um, they did already a bunch of videos where they showed like, can you use a headless MacBook? Um, the idea being what happens to a MacBook if you uh, detach the screen? Can you use a, a, a Mac that's like a computer that is just a keyboard and trackpad? You totally can. And uh, Luke had some videos about this before. Uh, but thankfully, uh, they did a video uh, for the Vision Pro. Uh, so they were able to detach the screen from an M2 MacBook Air and just use the remaining computer, again, the keyboard and the trackpad, as an input system for the Vision Pro, which totally works. And it's go check out the video because it's wild. You basically have a computer that is uh, just a keyboard and trackpad. You can use virtual Mac display mode. You can use universal control. And that to me feels like the better version of this type of, a, it's funny to call it an accessory because I mean, it's a computer. It's literally a Mac inside, but it becomes an accessory, right? And that to me feels like the proportions are better. You have a trackpad that is the right size. You have Mac OS with palm rejection features. You have universal control and you can use a Mac uh, while wearing the Vision Pro. I am very, very tempted to do this, but I will not because I still want to have a, you know, a proper laptop when I don't want to use the Vision Pro, but I really hope, I really hope that Apple makes this kind, this kind of accessory for the Vision Pro eventually. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me how quickly everyone kind of just like, yep, you need a keyboard for this thing. Um, yes. And I, I, you know, I've got the 12 South thing. I ordered the clear one uh, after we talked on iMessage the other day. It's supposed to get here this weekend, I think. It is wide, but I was like, well, can I how is it with the keyboard and then just like the eye and hand tracking? And I really all uh, just my personal feeling so far is I prefer having a trackpad as well. Like if I'm just going to sit down and like watch a YouTube video in it, no big deal. Just do it hands and eyes. No problem. But like the other evening I put it on for, I think a couple of hours. I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to set up. I hadn't set up Slack yet. I hadn't set up like some of my communication apps. I was like, I'm going to sit down and like kind of finish the setup, kind of finish moving in. And keyboard and trackpad is still my preferred combo. But uh, the keyboard at least feels like a pretty necessary accessory for this thing. The virtual keyboard just isn't. It's fine for short stuff, but even a lot of messaging, you're going to go to dictation pretty quickly, I find. And that's just not feasible in a lot of environments. Been having some weird uh, thing going on with with dictation where it's not getting some words accurately, and, and I think there's like a thing going on with the language because it's U.S. English, not British English. Hmm. Like I'm I'm finding it's 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 getting some things like just just really wrong in a way that is abnormal for Apple's dictation, and and I think that's the reason. Yeah, it could uh, be. Be. So, which I just find to be funny. So that's something I'm going to be keeping my eye on over time, but maybe I can't fully judge it right now. 
my weird thing is that um, so many times uh, I have this bug where the environments don't work unless I reboot my Vision Pro. Um, now, <laughs> this is just my theory, okay? So take it with a huge grain of salt. But this started happening when I started using the developer strap, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm keeping the developer strap on all the time, even when I'm not plugged in, because it just... Uh, huh. It's got an audio pod, so you can totally use it without a USB cable plugged in all the time. But I like using it because when I need to take screenshots for Mac stories, then I can just plug in a USB cable. Um, so what started happening, and maybe these two things are not related, but the timing is definitely not a coincidence. Um, I open an environment and I spin the crown to enter the environment and I'm just left inside a black void by myself just the environment never comes up i have to reboot the vision pro and then the environment start working again but like uh before doing the show i thought well i'm gonna record connected at uh, mount hood so i opened mount hood i i i tried to spin the crown and then i was left in a black hole essentially <laughs> with windows around me like it was fully functioning but just without the environment i could hear the sounds i could hear the birds chirp in the black void and uh it was a bit weird <laughs> so i thought yeah it was terrifying it's like is this what death <laughs> feels like uh, but so i disabled like, hello darkness my old <laughs> yes. friend that's like where you yeah. are federica i i think you really need to test this by by changing out the strap yeah. like to confirm yeah. if that's what's going on because like this is something that's really weird and and i I would not want. To, I actually think he's gonna. The I think the environments are so key to this device. Yeah. And and using it, I I think you need to be able to be able to use them. Oh, no, hold on, uh, hold on. We have real time feedback from OTJ. Okay. I had the same environment problem you're describing, but before the developer strap. Mm. It's just related to doing screenshots. It overloads the device somehow. Which I also think is a is a is an interesting huh. theory. Is yeah. a, I've been taking lots of screenshots. And screenshots are a nightmare if you want good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't tell me about it. Huh. Uh, yeah, the Vision OS review is gonna be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I'll reboot the Vision Pro at some point tonight so that I can be in an environment again. Can I ask you a question that if you're not prepared to answer, that's fine. Sure. You said Vision OS review. Is this going to be an annual thing? Oh yeah, that's what I'm thinking about, right? So I I kind of want to become the Vision OS guy, um, even though I'm already the iOS and iPadOS guy when it comes to reviews. And so I'm trying to I'm trying to understand like what uh, how am I gonna do this? Um, yeah. And the thing I'm thinking about is I like to write about things that I use, and right now I'm not using the iPad Pro anymore. So maybe it's it's and obviously the iOS review needs to continue forever where by forever means as long as i want to do it and i still want to do it so the ios review needs to continue and maybe and don't take this as any, uh, this is not an announcement okay i'm not making any announcements here i'm just saying that maybe a potential solution could be drop the ipad ipad os review and start doing ios and vision os i mean it's basically <laughs> ipad os anyway um maybe that could be a way to do it because i i, I don't feel like i have the bandwidth or just a human energy to do three reviews um like three oss in a, in a single year so maybe ios and vision os could be uh two ends of the spectrum that i could live with mm. maybe 
I think mm, I, this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out realistically because yes. how what is the scale size of the updates right because all right that might be a good thought but what if the vision os updates are way bigger than the ipad os updates are mm-hmm. which will probably be true for a while this is a new platform you are going to be giving yourself more more work but maybe you're happy to do that right because like this is like a cool thing to do but i i would say it would seem like a pretty fair thing at least for the next little while that you could assume that if what you were trying to do was to to maybe garner the most interest or to be able to do the most interesting work, reviewing Vision OS over iPadOS seems like probably a pretty safe bet. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's something we don't know, right? Like, what is the interest overall for people? What is what are they going to be more interested in in it's like September? Will it would it be iPadOS or Vision OS? I guess it's just like you'll have to just wait and see how, what that's like. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I keep thinking about it. Um, we'll also see what happens in March with the iPads, right? That, that'll that be pretty telling because I'm saying yeah. now, I'm not using the iPad Pro, but maybe the next iPad Pro is going to be compatible with Vision OS. Who knows? And uh, Absolutely not, but I love your thinking. <laughs> I, 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 but even if they release new iPads in March, it's not like, they're not going to do anything with iPadOS. In oh yeah, no, no, I'm time. just saying. I'm just saying in the context of iPadOS long term, like what, what's going yeah. on there. Are you planning a Vision OS review? Like, I'm working on you're... it. I'm working on okay. it. I do have an not announcement. Not a Vision Pro review? Or are you? Well, no, 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 no. Those are going to be two. I'm planning a Vision Pro article review slash story. We'll see. Like hardware using the device and also the OS. Like uh, I am planning like a a. a professional vision os classic teachy style review mm. uh, the announcement that i want to share is that i started using DevonThink to study all kinds of documentation design stuff like i i am studying vision os all the proper terminology the developer stuff and i'm uh, archiving all the pdfs and web archives from apple's website and uh and i'm uh, i'm i'm Studying, reading, highlighting, uh, using that one thing. Yeah, that's my little announcement. Uh, Steven's going to be happy. Awesome. I'm excited to see it. Uh, do you want to should we talk about some apps before we go today? Because, yeah. Federico, I'm sure you've got some, some stuff, right? Like, I'm sure you have some fun apps that you've been trying out. Because I know that you and John are combing oh, yeah. the app store. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I've decided not to bother doing any of that because I know... <laughs> I know that you and John yeah, will yeah. find anything interesting and just share it with us. So. And I got two picks for you. Let, let me take care of you. I got one pick that you already know and one that is new. Uh, so Great. the one you already know, Day Peak. So yeah, this is an excellent, excellent third-party app that sort of is both a digital clock and a calendar preview tool. And so you open Day Peak and it's got a digital time above and it's got your next calendar event as a big tile and next to it on the right side, you have a list of other upcoming calendar events. This is just a nice way to keep an eye on the current time, which is very easy to lose track of while using the Vision Pro, as well as what's coming up in your calendar. And for example, right now, I'm turning to the left and I can see in day peak that there's connected going on. And while an event is ongoing, it tells you how long until the end of the event. So that's it's also a nice progress bar below. It's very nicely done, made by an indie developer. Uh, really cool. 
I really like it. I have a, I have a feature request, which I don't know. This is not the right place for a feature request, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I would like to be able to choose what calendars it has in the application. Yes, me too. Yes, uh, good idea. The other is a brand new app that John just published a review for on Mac Stories. Uh, so this is called Home UI. This is a spatial home kit utility that lets you create virtual buttons oh, for lights, switches, and uh, what else? Outlets. And you huh. can place them around your home. So for example, right now, I have my desk light strip button virtually floating above my desk and I can just look at it and be boom and I just turned off my light. And again, that's cute. That's and I turned on my light cute. again. Yeah. Yeah. That it may be the best example of actual AR. Yes. <laughs> that I've yeah. come across so far. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's that's very fun. I'm gonna have to try this one out. Uh, I yeah. like that a lot. That's a good idea. There's a lot of fun little bits, you know? Like there's like there's all little things. Like you you can feel already that people are starting to like poke holes, you know? Like mm-hmm. and this is one of them where it's like, oh, I could try that. And like that, that this these kinds of apps, they feel like the kinds of apps that people work out once they've gotten it, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's the case, but it's they have that feel to them, right? Where it's like, oh, now I have it. I would actually quite like to do this. And so like people see what they can do and it's like, oh, there's this little thing and now I can put a switch on my light and turn off my light. And like these are the kind of things that are smart. It's just like a smart little thing. And it's a fun little utility. Not everything has to be huge and big, but these are the types of apps that need to start existing for people to build bigger, bolder things, right? As they're mm. learning where the edges are, what what feels good and what doesn't feel good on this device. Like this is the kind of stuff that it needs. And I will actually say, like, this is just to very quickly wrap up something that uh Mark from Australia wrote in and said, um, what we, this is something you were talking about before, but do you have any sense of what the killer app is going to be? And and uh, my kind of feeling on that is there will not be a killer app for Vision OS because I actually don't. I think the time of killer app is is over. Like I don't think it, today with a device like this there can be like one thing that gets people to buy it. I think it has to be like a collection of things that creates an experience. You know, like you hear all these little bits, oh, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this. And overall, that creates it. Not if you're just like, oh man, like X app is so incredible. Like, I don't think it's enough today to get someone to Mm -hmm. buy something like this, even when it's cheaper. I think it would just be like a collection of things because I think that is ultimately what got the iPhone successful. Like, it wasn't really one thing in the end. It was like the app store was the killer app for the iPhone, like, which is not really an app. But like that was what did it, having the app store. And then things like, oh, the cameras are really good and da 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 iMessage. And then you kind of build it out over time. I think that, I think people need to stop asking the killer app question. I think these days it's just about like, what is the overall experience like? And, and are you interested in that or not? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Are we good for today? Any more? Uh, that for does any more? it. Yeah. I need to t- I need to take this headset off. I'm 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 probably to feel for it. the best. You've been I'm sitting in to there feel for a while. <laughs> yeah, it gets warm. It gets a little warm. Uh, hold on, let me let me take it off. Let me take it off. You can feel. You Ooh, can reality. Feel. Oh, oh wow! Oh. The screen's so small. Oh. Welcome back to to the real world, Federico. Hello, hello. 
we mentioned it already, but there's a ton of great work going on over at Mac Stories. Go to macstories.net and you'll find tons of apps and articles and all that fun stuff about Vision OS. Uh, you can find Federico on Mastodon. He is at mastodon.macstories.net where he's at Fetici. Uh, you should go read Stephen's review of Vision OS over at 512pixels.net. And you can also keep up with Stephen at eWorld.social as at ISMH on Mastodon. And I am on Mike.social, M-Y-K-E. Mike.social is iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. We're also on threads. Federico's Fetici, I'm iMike, and Stephen is ISMH86, baby. You know, without the baby. There's no baby in it. Although maybe it should be that, you know? Have you considered that as like a new new branding exercise? It's my for alt. You? Yeah. ISMH. Why not? No, but like you know, we're already so deep into it at this point. ISMH eighty six, baby. Please don't go there. Nevertheless, <laughs> thank you to our sponsors this week: ExpressVPN and Fitbod. Uh, thank you if you're a member of the show. Go to getconnectedpro.co and you will get longer ad free versions each and every week. Today we tried to help Stephen ask the question. Why is your iPhone in grayscale? Go to getconnectedpro.co. Until next time, say goodbye, gentlemen. Arrivederci. Cheerio. <laughs> Why did, you said it like a question. Well, because I was <laughs> confused about where I'm supposed to, because I did the outro today because Stephen's throat sore. And it was weird for me to say it, and then, and then it comes right back to me. Mm, you know, yeah. that was, yeah. I, I, I forgot the order mm, is what happened. Mm. Anyway, now let Stephen say goodbye. You say the things. So yeah. You gotta say it, Stephen. Or we're stuck here forever. Say the thing. Bye, y'all. <laughs>